All right. Hey, everybody. It's Dylan with, with Insomnia Talks. Today I have my best friend, uh, my best man at my wedding, uh, and a teacher for a Texas school, Tyler Kirksmith. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I love, I, love, uh, I love what you're doing here. I love that you're kind of pursuing your dreams in this. And this is an interesting medium entertainment that a lot of people are doing, doing a lot of good things on. So I'm glad you're doing this. Yeah, actually, um, I really didn't have any interest. I, I mean, I like Joe Rogan, and I would listen to him. Didn't really have any interest in that myself. And then one day, I just decided, you know, maybe I can, I can do that. And two days after that, I heard about this app, so I jumped on it, and I have dove straight deep into it. Um, like I said today, I prepared for another guest, uh, Sam Castillo, who I'll have on later. But I spent from the time I woke up so about 6 30 today just going over what that's going to be about and honestly I got lost in it so I know it's something that I'm I'm enjoying doing so I'm looking forward to actually giving this a good shot hey I love that that's awesome yeah yeah so uh so basically what we're going to talk about today is your experiences as a coach and a teacher uh during this pandemic and how you compared it to when you were in school uh, and how it is now and advantages, disadvantages, the whole nine. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So uh, what, what, what do you want me to uh, kind of dive into first? Uh, let's, let's talk about how what, a, a daily, a daily life and a teacher during the pandemic. Well, I mean, for, for one, you know, my mom was a teacher for, gosh, like 20, 30 years, something, something like that. And she always told me that there was this thing called teacher tired. And that's, that's very much a real thing. I, I feel terrible for the things that I did, uh, things that I would do in the classroom that I thought were cute and funny and my teachers hated because I'm getting paid back for that tenfold right now as a teacher. Uh, but really, my normal day is, you know, as a coach at a small school district um, I wake up and right now it's basketball season so go to basketball practice early in the morning usually it's uh, 6 45 7 15 just depending on the day and that'll dive into that'll go through first period and then I pretty much go and I teach sixth grade social studies which uh, if you remember your your sixth grade social studies teacher then uh, well you, if you said you did you'd be lying because nobody does and really I just you know, I teach these, these kids what I can, and it they they're never gonna remember it by the time they get to high school. It's it's really not a subject that sticks with them. But um, with the pandemic and all that going on, I do have to worry about kids who are learning online, and that's just that's a whole whole new I, I suppose whole whole new way of teaching that really nobody knows how to do. So I don't get a whole lot of help from other teach other experienced teachers with that. Yeah, I know, because I, I could tell you right now that if I was presented the option of go to school online or pretend to have a connection failure and not go to school, I would uh, pretend to have a connection failure and not go to school. Yeah, absolutely. And so for us, uh, so the school district I worked for is Bowie ISD, and Bowie is a small, very small town uh, in between DFW the Fort Worth side of DFW and Wichita Falls. Uh, we're about 30 minutes south of Oklahoma. So it's, you know, really small, 
small school districts. And for our kids that are online, they are asynchronous. So you probably know what that means, but you know, for listeners who maybe don't know what it means, uh, basically they do not have to log in at any certain time. They don't have to participate in class. All they have to do is log in to my Google Classroom account and say, hey, I'm here. And then they're there for the day. They get counted for attendance. So, yeah, absolutely. If I was, you know, an 11, 12, 13-year-old middle schooler and I was said, hey, or told you by my parents, hey, all you have to do is log in and interact with your teachers and your account is present, I would spend the five, 10 minutes it takes to do that cover that and then hop on the couch and watch prices right or you know whatever it was that we used to do when we were sick you know as kids on school days you know that that, that actually brings an interesting point that i didn't think about before um so parents are were so apt on keeping their kids away from technology for long periods of time now they're basically telling them that they have to stare at the screen to learn uh how do you think that that affects the mentality of a kid growing up uh you know pre-COVID where technology at long exposures was bad to where now all you can do is be on technology to learn? Well, so these kids that I'm teaching, you know, they grew up with technology. Uh, They're not like us who were introduced to it later in life. You know, some of us, you know, people who are our age, they might have been introduced to it earlier or later. Uh, Really just depending on how much money you had back then. Uh, But now everybody, whether you have money or not, you've got access to technology. It's so readily available. It's not really really, uh, dependent upon your income, whether or not you get exposure to this type of technology. But these kids, they they really, they associate technology with entertainment. And so it's very hard for them. And you can't really blame them at this age, you know, junior high age level you can't really blame them but they associate it with entertainment and it's hard for them to adjust that mentality to say hey i'm gonna sit in front of a computer to learn and to further my education and also most of them not all of them but most of them don't really care about furthering their 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 uh, education at this age anyways so as a teacher it's really hard to keep in contact with these kids who do go to virtual learning. And at the beginning of the school year, we offered virtual learning to anybody who wanted to, you know, it was the, these kids had five months of a break between when school shut down to, okay, school started back up. COVID is, is high on the radio, on the radar of everybody. It's, you know, some people have really high concerns. Some people don't have them that high of a concern level, but we offered it to anybody. And now we kind of fall suit with all these other Texas schools that have decided, okay, not everybody can do COVID or not, every, not everybody can do online learning. Only those who have either, either tested positive for COVID or have close contact with those who have tested positive for COVID. So right now I only have two kids that are virtual learners where at the beginning of the year and, you know, through the middle of last semester, I had as high as I think like 30 kids. So it's definitely, decreased tremendously at this point okay and like so how do standardized testing work for in in the virtual learning aspect um so you, do you mean like what we did was 
was tax test. Now it's the star test. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. So stuff like that. Like, okay. Uh, things that are state mandated and um, very, very, uh, like, I guess, cloak and dagger. Like, if you look mm-hmm. at someone, you get expelled from school and you can never come back. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, no, they uh, were definitely uh, definitely watching us when we were taking those tests. Uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't break the seal until the teacher said, give the thumbs up to break the seal. I remember right, that. Right. So now, um, this year, Texas has said that the star test, all those scores, they don't matter for the students, whether whether or not they're going to move on to the next grade level. So, but I think it does matter for teachers' evaluations, you know, teachers, teachers who are a tested subject, which I'm not a tested subject. Like, you don't get a star test for sixth grade social studies, so I'm not what you would consider a tested subject. So I don't have to worry about that too much, but teachers who are tested subjects, they have to, you know, worry about the scores that they get because they get evaluated based off that. And I, as far as I know, I believe it kind of goes on this record that these are the grades that your students were able to get on this state mandate test, but the kids, they know that it doesn't count. So again, try to put yourself in the mentality of a junior high you know, it's sixth, seventh or eighth grade student and be told, Hey, these, these scores don't count, but, but try your best on it anyways. Like you're not going to try that hard on it. Most of them are at least, you know what I mean? No, like we wouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and another concern that raises is um, last year when everything was normal, did, did y'all have any kids that actually had to repeat a grade because they failed a state mandated test? And now this year they're telling everyone it, it doesn't matter. So last year they didn't, they were canceled um, because, you know, schools got shut down before the tests were were issued. But um, so I don't, I don't really believe there were any that I know of at least in my school district that failed a grade level because it was pretty much, if you log on and you show that you have a pulse, you pass, (laughs) you pass the class. I mean, I talked to teachers who were just like, I just need something from the students in order to pass them to the next grade level. And, you know, that it, it kind of got put on teachers this year that we knew that the, these students, you know, whether they were fifth graders going into sixth graders or, you know, juniors going into seniors, they were they were going to be somewhat behind on the learning curve. Yeah, that's that's actually kind of scary because, I mean, if we continue down this path, like we may be able to nip it in the bud right now um, and, you know, like play play catch up and teach this generation that, that went through crucial times in this period, like the actual things they need to know. Uh, but if we continue down this path, like it, it it's just going to deteriorate and deteriorate. And finally, it's going to be the kids that fucking don't don't really have the, all the information teaching the kids. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's a concern of mine as well. Um, And I really don't know that there's anything that one educator or even one school district can really do to to change that that fear. Um, These kids, they it's a it's a whole different game than we played whenever we were kids in school. I mean, everything is different. Uh, I remember coming home with math homework and my dad being like that stuff is way advanced than I ever participated in any grade level of math and I, I've tried to help these sixth graders in their math homework 
And I'm telling you, man, there's no way I could have done this even as a senior in high school. There, I mean, every, so so everything is changing, uh, and some of that's for for the good, some of that's for the better, and some of that's for the worse. Um, and I, you know, it's just going to take time to to see, you know, which which pros and which cons outweigh each other. Yeah, and unfor- and we can just hope that you know the pros outweigh the cons in this situation because this isn't sure. just kids' education. This is the future of of our country. Yeah. Um, with that being said, uh, you are a social studies teacher. Um, I know that teachers have different techniques, and they all teach different, and and they may not follow the same lesson plan and everything like that. Uh, but I've recently read that a lot of schools are dumping the trail of tears. I don't know if that's, that's anywhere near where you touch on, but they're not teaching that in schools anymore. And though it was bad and though it shouldn't have been done, I I don't feel that it should be removed. That's history. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, So for my particular subject, that's not a, that's not a period of history or at least an aspect of history that we cover. Uh, So I teach, in the sixth grade level, it's world cultures, world history. And so I basically, uh, we go around the globe and we talk a little bit about every little, every spot. And so I told my kids at the beginning of the year in my class, you know, I kind of imagine each country as an ice cream flavor. And we're going to be able to get like a scoop of each ice cream flavor throughout the year. Like we're never going to be able to dive real deep into any subject. It's always just going to be just a little bit here and there. Uh, so, but the Trail of Tears that would really fall under American history, which would be eighth grade. And I can tell you that at my school district, uh, the eighth grade social studies teacher, which there's only one, just like in my grade level, there's only one sixth grade social studies teacher. But the eighth grade social studies teacher, she would, uh, she would absolutely not throw that out. Um, she would teach it the way um, that the events occurred. Uh, she's very much a you know, she was a history major in college, just like myself. So she teaches things the way that happened, whether they make Americans look good or they make Americans look bad. And we can I think we can all agree that the Trail of Tears aren't necessarily a highlight of Americans in American history. Oh, absolutely not. It's actually one of the most detrimental things to sure. American society. Um, yeah. But like I said, I am not. I'm not here to cover up the the bad that America's done. That's not what I want to do with this. I, I I want the truth and I want uncensorship of media and that's that's mainly what I want. I want people to stop having that cheap mentality and following the red bouncing ball on CNN or the blue or mm-hmm. vice versa on Fox. It's yeah. It it's it's actually scary. Oh, um, it's terrifying. I completely agree with you on that. I mean the and some people, like some people, I highly respected um, before this this election, like highly respected. Like I now look at a different light because they're so blinded by hate. Right. And, like I don't want to get too much into politics because we're we're going to be focused on education because that's more so on on what what we want to talk about today. But like, do you see is there division in the classroom because of of upbringings and and I mean, I, I'm I'm assuming that you're you're in a mainly conservative area of Texas. Yes, so I I am, um, and so division, not so much because I'm in a very very 
very conservative part of Texas. Um, there's not, there aren't a whole lot of people who would vote blue in the town that I, that I live in. Um, there are, you know, there are those, those kids who come from families who do vote blue. I can, I can absolutely tell them because, or tell who they are because, uh, for whatever reason, sixth graders, and I'm sure I was the same way as a sixth grader and you probably were too, but they seem to think that they know everything and (laughs) that, um, they know all there is to know about politics. And uh, anytime we talk about politics of one country or another, I always have to remind them, hey, we aren't talking about American politics. Okay, I don't want to hear about your opinion on Donald Trump or Joe Biden, because honestly, all you're telling me is what your parents, your grandparents, your aunts and uncles are telling you that. And I I don't care about that. Um, So there there isn't much division. However, for those kids who do come from families who aren't. Donald Trump fans or just aren't Republican um, Republican fans in general, you know, the kids know who they are. They absolutely know who they are. And, and they do think that a little, I not, not, not so much. They think a little less of them. Like they wouldn't, you know, play with them on the playground or anything like that, but they do, they definitely think a little less of their opinion on, on that particular topic. Of course. I mean, I mean, it would be the same if, you know, one of your kids moved to California. And, you know, uh, that's that's kind of unfortunately, I think that's kind of the, the thing that's happening with not just kids in sixth grade. I mean, this this is something that's happening with, you know, people our age and people older is this, if you have an opinion that's not aligned with mine, you know, or, or if I have an opinion that's not aligned with yours, then, then for whatever reason, we can't be friends, which I just I completely disagree with. Um and and I and I, I hate that that's something that's happening. And I hope that in our lifetime, that will change. But I, I'm I'm afraid, not to be the pessimist in this, but I'm afraid that things are gonna unfortunately get get worse before they get better. And I unfortunately I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and I I honestly like a big part of it like. Again, I don't want to get too far into politics, but do you remember when we were younger and people didn't talk about who they voted for? It was an ill taste. Yes. Like, like yeah, I do. Talk about it. Like, no, it was That's... that that wasn't for that wasn't for conversation. That was no. for your private being. You did what you did to the ballots and then you you maintained your friendships. Now, people would tattoo fucking Trump 2020 on their head if if their yeah. job would allow them to. Yes. Like and that's and that's crazy to me. Like I I believe that's that's a huge part of what's going on is that there's no uh, dignity, there's no pride, there's no um, like nothing to nothing left to the imagination. Everything is just laid out, and mainly it's because of social media. I, I do think that social media has given a voice to a lot of people who deserve to have a voice and social media people have benefited tremendously from having her hearing the voices of those who without social media would be unheard. And that's great. Uh, but at the same token, I believe social media has given a voice to a lot of people who should not have a voice. They did not have a voice for a reason. And um, that is impacting our society negatively. Uh, so, you know, the pros and cons to that um, right now, it looks like, the the cons are outweighing the pros and hopefully you know just like everything else hopefully it gets better before it gets too much worse but 
I'd be lying if I said that I thought that was what, what was going to happen. Yeah, and like I said, I, I, I agree with you. Um, do you see effects of social media in school, uh, oh. in the classroom? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a, that's a whole, you know, different conversation. Cause I, I would say that the effects of social media aren't related to politics. I think the effects of social media, you know, are related to kids and their self-esteem because I think that we kind of joked around saying that when we were in school and I mean, I don't even know, was Instagram around whenever we were in school? It wasn't, was I- it? I think it was just becoming a thing. It hadn't Maybe. got really much traction yet. And yeah. Mark Zuckerberg Twitter definitely even. hadn't bought it yet. Twitter even wasn't a, a huge thing. I It was Facebook. It was MySpace, man. It was MySpace, MySpace was the beginning. Facebook. Yeah. 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 And then, and then it flipped over to the Facebook. Yeah. Around like 2011. That's but, when Facebook got big. But now it's, you know, Instagram, it's Snapchat, it's, you know, Twitter, I suppose, is still relevant quite a bit, and Facebook. If you have that, you're old. So I guess we've entered the the old uh, era of our lifetime. But these kids, they really emphasize the amount of attention they get on social media, and I think that hurts primarily the girls. And in sixth grade, it's not a huge problem yet, but it definitely becomes a problem later on in, in junior high and going into high school. So not so much politics for them. Politics isn't really dividing them so much on social media, but you know, their, their appearance and how their peers view them on social media and the amount of likes that they get. That's a huge thing. If you don't get a, if you don't get a certain amount of likes within five minutes of posting a picture it's deleted and you can't post it. You can't post a picture at a certain, at a certain time because you know, kids aren't on, on Instagram and they won't like it. And then, so it gets deleted. So that's something that I noticed with kids on social media. And and see, what's crazy is what the the thing when we were in school, what to prevent that was dress code. And yeah. it it may not make sense yet, but like, so we were presented with a dress code so that you know the kids with a little bit more money and you know could afford the little you know the nicer things. They didn't stand out too much from you know the kids that didn't. Right. Now you have Instagram, you have Facebook, where it doesn't fucking matter what you wear to school. You have the whole wide world of every kid is open up to every other kid. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree with that. Um, I think social media has done a lot of harm. Um, but not to, I don't want to make, make it sound like that I believe that social media is just this terrible entity because i think that it does a lot of good um but also it's it's it definitely has its its issues its negative uh takeaways with its presence in this world but what i will applaud to that is that even though it does have issues like you said it does have its pros it tells i i will say that it tells the truth when it's person to person, when it's not dealing with the actual media or dealing with he said, she said, you get 100% raw. Yeah. Versus, you know, CNN and Fox telling you the same story, but two different ways, um, piecing together what they want you to hear versus what Fox wants you to hear versus what MSNBC wants you to hear. Like it, the, 
that's where I think the good social media comes in because no matter how hard they try, like Twitter is trying very hard right now to silence a lot of people. And, and it, they're not being smart about it because all they're doing is showing their true colors, such as the QAnon, bringing up QAnon on Twitter. They started shutting down all these major players who are, again, who are these QAnon guys when you have it's it's a conspiracy theory as of now nothing's been proven so why are you shutting it down why are you scared you have flat earthers you have holocaust conspiracy theorists you have 9-11 conspiracy theorists spewing their ideology all over twitter why are you focused on this one yeah i mean that's a that's an interesting point that you bring up um you know luckily for twitter you know they're a private company and they kind of do whatever they want. Oh, absolutely, a hundred percent. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying they 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 have no right to take. No, yeah, I know you're not. I know you're not. I'm just, that's, that's. But I get why that. you had to throw that in there because there are some people who keep throwing the First Amendment out there like it means anything when you're dealing with a private company. It it doesn't. <laughs> it, it, no, it doesn't. You you do you do kind of give away certain freedoms whenever you're dealing with any social media because. They're private companies, exactly owned by so private they, corporations that they dictate what you can and cannot say. Yeah, they don't. They don't care what you know. They they don't care. So, um, you know, yeah, it really it really doesn't matter with them. And so that's that's another thing that that's that's getting getting to me is that now the social media that what once was a voice for all has to they have to pick sides and not only do they have to pick sides but parlor is now oh, a very gosh. very high public republican app but it's being taken off of downloading them off the stores so not only oh, are is they, it? i didn't know that yeah it's it got taken off the google store um and they're trying to take it off apple so not oh. only is it are they trying to censor the social media, they're trying to completely keep you from social media. And it's getting worse. The Every day we move on, it's getting worse and worse. And it's becoming a point where they're not even hiding it anymore. They're basically yeah. doing it right in front of us. And they're pretty much challenging us. I mean, there's this unbelievable, unbelievable division in our country right now that um, is I'm afraid uh, to say the word revolution because a lot of people believe whenever they hear the word revolution, they think of, you know, wars and gunshots and one side physically fighting another side. But, you know, I think revolution can mean, you know, a peaceful revolution as well. And I believe that, there, you know, we're in, we're living in a time period where revolution very well could be around the corner. And part of me kind of hopes that we do have this revolution because I, I want our country to go back to the days where we are okay with living next door to somebody who does not have the same opinions as us. Uh, I want that for our country. And I, and I, at the same, you know, I want everybody, no matter whether you are American or your, you know, your family's from an outside country, you know, whether you're white, you're black, you're 
brown, you know, Asian, whatever. I, I want everybody to be able to feel comfortable in America, feel like they have the ability to succeed fairly and equally in America. Um, and I know that there are a lot of issues with that right now. And, and I really can't wait for there to be a day where that's no longer an issue. I, I, I am a hundred percent with you. Um, and the crazy thing is, is like people, people hear revolution and the, the sheep, which are the majority of the people, because I don't understand why they are, but the, the way they are is they hear revolution. And they think it's bad to go against big brother. We shouldn't do that. But you know, like that's because society has told them that their entire lives. But at the same time, when you're in history class, this got pounded into my head over and over again. And I will quote this. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that mm. they are endowed by their creator within certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights governs are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. I was taught that by the same system that is teaching me, it is not okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's 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 the thing is I want sheep to understand that what I just read, if you don't know, is the Declaration of Independence. That's the very beginning of the Declaration of Independence. That is word for word because I read it, what the Declaration of Independence starts off with. And if you can sit there and tell me that what those people stormed the Capitol it is is wrong. I agree with you, but I'm torn about it because society has made me torn about it. I'm torn about it because society has forced me to believe that Big Brother knows all and Big Brother does good when that's furthest from the truth. See, and, you know, topics like this, that, you know, they get brought up in my class um, because I'm a, his, you know, I'm a history class and these kids, they hear things from their parents and then they talk about it among each other and they want me to put in my opinion. Uh, it's topics like these that make me very happy that at the end of the day, um, I spend my time doing basketball or football or track or whatever, you know, whatever it is in the season because it gives me a little break from reality um, and just the very troubling times that we live in right now. So as much as I was so excited to be a teacher, and I am. I'm still very excited to be a teacher. Most, as you know, so excited I was to be a teacher. I'm very thankful that I can also add a coach to my title because let me tell you, it is stressful answering some of these questions, and it I, is it's it's so nice to just be able to end my day and begin my day with uh with something as relaxing as sports. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Like I like you know like I talk to some people um throughout the day and like their ideology is is so gone like not even like nothing about their ideology has any factual backing of any kind of way and they have children and these children (laughs) of course 
are going to listen to the people that they have to listen to. Like that's, that's the scariest part is that these kids are being, are the, like your parents are the only people that teach you. Like they are there for your formative years that your ideologies until you can grow up and question daddy are your parents. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's when you become a free thinker is when the day you're like, my dad, he, that would, no, that's dumb. Why does he think that? Um, because I know, I know every single one of us, well, every single free thinker has done that. Every single free thinker has questioned their authority figure. Yes, I used, to, I used to call my dad only to debate with him. Even if I agreed with him, I would pick the, you know, the other side just to, just to go against him and debate with him. Out of love, of course, but that's something that I would do right out of high school, you know, and when I started to think for my own. Yeah, and, and that's you did that because you you felt not like you, you not that you were cheated, but you're like this man made me believe this whole time that this was the way when I can think for myself. And like right. I said, it wasn't, it wasn't a negative feeling or it wasn't like a resentment or a regret, but it was more of like, all right, motherfucker, I got you now. What do you think about this? <laughs> oh yeah. And then, and then like, yeah, you had, you had your own thought process. You had your own questions. You had your own opinions formed about something. That's the main thing. You questioned your authority figure. And that's all America needs to do is just question their authority figure. And the biggest question I have on the day that is infamous for 2021 already is that Secret Service, like, they, they don't they don't mess around. They don't talk to you. They don't talk in a calm voice. They don't yeah. care, give you to a count of 10. No, they kill you. <laughs> yeah. They kill you. That's what it is. If you get if you're a threat, they kill you. There's that's what the police are for. The police are there to negotiate secrets. If you get to the Secret Service, you fucked up. You're too far. Um, so you're telling me that that just these these civilians in under two hours uh, breached one of the securest locations in the United States. I don't I don't foresee that being factual. You know, and I could I could agree with you. A hundred percent on that, I think. Um, we'll say ninety nine point nine percent because you know who knows. But yeah, I, I I do agree with you on that, and, and it makes you wonder who made it easy for these people to breach the capital. You know, was it was it the Republican Party? Was it those against the Republican Party? Uh, I don't think we'll ever really know. I have my own ideas of of how this happened, but I don't think we'll ever get a hundred percent clarity on on why it was so easy for these people to breach the capital to break these windows to get in and you know leave notes on the speakers Plant of the houses. Bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean who who that's it's ridiculous that we live in a in a country where everything is supposed to be so secure, but then the capital of our country, the capital building within our country was able to be attacked in less than what was it? It was less than two hours. Two hours, yeah. 
Yeah. Was, yeah. The walls were breached in less than two hours. And as I stated in the first podcast before I dare anyone to go try to climb the fence of either the state Capitol or <laughs> the wa- the white house, <laughs> you, you're not going to live. It's not going to happen. Um, so there's a lot of questions with that. And I know that you're not, you, you weren't prepared for this conversation. So I just wanted to get your opinion on that. We'll, we'll veer off of that subject. But um, I, yeah, I just wanted to raise that question. Cause that's, that's the main thing that's keeping me up at night is, is, you know, these unarmed people, they got through. And if it was hundred percent legitimate, if it really was people breaking through the Capitol and they really did get through that just shows America that 2000 people in under two hours made billionaires coward. You know, I agree on that. And don't worry about me not being prepared. Uh, my life is spent answering questions from 11, 12 year olds that I'm 100% not prepared for. <laughs> so don't worry about that at all. Um, at least with you, I can give you an answer. Whereas these kids, a lot of times, I don't know if I'm allowed to answer their questions. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I mean, with that being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the information that I have, and I'm just gonna ask you these these basic questions, and we don't have to get further into detail because I also do need to do a little bit more research uh, on these uh, subjects. Uh, that they will be covered way in depth with Sam Castillo that I will be having on later. Um, but so do you remember one of the generals, General Flynn, he got caught talking to Russia on a cell phone. Uh, he was in the Trump administration. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've heard a little bit about that. Okay. Okay. So, so General Flynn, do you know what he did in the military? No. So General Flynn spent 30 years of his military career in army intelligence. Okay. <clears throat> this man decrypted, you know, um, secret messages. He, he, he was an intelligence officer. He knows how to send messages without getting caught for 30 years. He did it. So you're telling me that a general of the intelligence of army, got caught using a cell phone talking to someone that he shouldn't be talking to. <laughs> I don't, I don't buy it. And, and see, it didn't make sense to me until it, I, it got explained a little bit more. And I, I started putting the pieces together. The reason why he did, he did this on purpose. He did this on purpose because he has witnessed so much atrocity, so much corruption committed by our own people but he's not allowed to blow the whistle or he'll be charged underneath the espionage act. But if he gets caught for something else, if he catches a charge for something else, he is required by law to write down every crime he has witnessed his 30 years as an intelligence officer. Oh, interesting. So, he will be charged with colluding with Russia or whatever it is that they're going to charge him with while, well, the people that's going to charge him won't be in power anymore because of the, uh, the crimes he's going to reveal. Um, that is honestly what's 
the plan. I don't know if you heard of QAnon or anything. A little bit. But that is the sole purpose of QAnon. It's 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 a huge organization organization that's been around since around the Kennedy's time. Mm-hmm. And the media has hyped it up to be this huge conspiracy group that only that's that's focused on the rich and powerful, you know, um, pumping themselves full of adrenochrome, which is harvested from uh, uh, trafficked children around the world. And that, you know, the rich, powerful are responsible for the trafficking so that they could get this adrenochrome. Okay. So that's so that's what I mean, that's that is, yes, QAnon believes that that is happening, but the, the media has hyped it and blown it up so much to make it seem ridiculous that people are, you know, discrediting it. There's there's nothing in this world that anybody can say to me at this point, nothing that um, no accusations of any organization doing really anything that I would look at and be like, there's no way that's possible. Uh, nothing would surprise me at this point. And I don't know if so, that's because of just the, the current state of our country and the current state of things that are going on in this world, or if it's more because of just me being 27 years old and being more aware of things that are possible of happening around me. Oh, yes. Like, like such as the CIA um, completely and freely operates wherever, whenever they want without any kind of sanction from the United States of America. Right. I don't believe that the CIA is a United States entity. I believe that the United States is a CIA entity. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be crazy to think about. But, you know, um, whatever. Wouldn't surprise me. Add it to the list. Well, I mean, so, like, there's there's this observation called Uranium One. And, again, this is this is QAnon's... Kuhn, uh, breakdown of what was supposed to happen and there was supposed to be a 16-year plan of um the destruction of the united states as we know it and the first day began with obama the last day was going to be hillary clinton well during the last little bit of obama's term um there was a operation called uranium one and uh we sold uranium to russia and there was a little uranium skimmed off the top by uh, the Clinton administration. And what was going to happen is they were going to launch a nuke and they were going to uh, retrace the ballistics back to Russia. And they were going to retaliate with the nuke of themselves, putting us into World War Three. Whatever. I mean, might as well. <laughs> might but as no, well. Like, I, I, I want. I. I'm actually genuinely curious how, like, because I, I just read about this. This is something that's new to me, and it's definitely something that I am look, definitely looking more into about this. But is what I don't. I. I want your honest opinion. Do you think this has sold some kind of truth to it? Um. Do I think it has some type of truth to it? In all honesty, no. Uh, without knowing anything else about it other than what you just what you just told me, no, uh, I, I would I would hope that it doesn't, um, and and that may have to do with me just really subconsciously wanting to believe that it's it's not true, and that this is not something that would happen, uh, not only in this country but in this world, but 
with that being said, I stand by what I said a couple minutes ago. That if this were to come up to being true, it wouldn't surprise me, really. Um, it, it really wouldn't because I just people have proven that they're capable of anything and both good things and bad things, but they're capable of anything and it could possibly be true. I hope it's not. And I don't believe it is on the surface, but maybe it is who knows. Right. Like I said, this is just something that I, I, I picked up today. Um, I, that's what I know about it as of this moment. I haven't dug too deep into it. Um, but you know, I also believe that Clinton's had Jeffrey Epstein murdered. I 100% believe that. Um, like autopsy reports came back that a, a broken a neck bone in his neck was broken that is 98% in strangulation cases. Period. I don't. It's not suicide cases. It's in strangulation cases. That is like. Sinker. That's it. That's hook, line, sinker. He fucking didn't kill himself. (laughs) The fucking cameras in a high max security prison that were pumping billions of tax dollars into every goddamn year's cameras were just off and the guards were asleep. No. No. Right. That's not a thing. And there are a lot of people that would agree agree with you on that. And, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm not one of them. I mean, a lot of things don't add up on that. I think there are people on both sides of politics, Republicans and Democrats, that have done some nasty things and have created corruption within the government. And there's a lot of cleanup that needs to happen. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I 100% agree. I'm not trying to attack one side and one side only. I, I don't like either side. Both sides have done terrible terrible things to be where they are but you know what's crazy is we call it left wing and right wing yeah um and what's what's crazy about it that is is that they're both this they're both the wings of the same bird hey amen to that and you're only one you're you can only be one side or the other and that's and that's sad if if i say anything today Anything like I guarantee you people will not listen to me because my ideology may not be as far left as they'd like it to be. Yeah. And then I have people who won't listen to me because my ideology is not as far right as they'd like it to be, which is absolutely insane to me. Yeah. It's. That's the problem is people won't listen. Intelligence is based on having the information and using what you can from that information. It's also based on changing your opinion based on being presented with new information. You still there, Tyler? Hey guys, sorry we had some technical difficulties. Um, Me and Tyler will be doing a part two Uh, Coming up later this week, again, I apologize, but part two will be coming.